Is it going to be difficult for us to do our top 10 of the year of 2022? Should be super easy, barely an inconvenience. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. What's up, guys? We're the Cinefanatics. My name is Chris Adams. And I'm Robert Adams. And you're watching the Cinefanatics podcast, aptly named. The first podcast of the year 2023. This is the first podcast of the year tw- the year of our Lord 2023. Where does that phrase come from? Why is everyone the always The Bible? Saying, well, no, I get that. Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but where does that like everyone keeps saying that every year I hear we are in the, the year of our lore 2014 I'm I don't like, know it's just an internet thing to say I, I guess it's just a it's just a popular thing I'm glad anyway we, we talk about movies and not like where the etymology of uh, that might not even be the right word not where phrases or words come from <laughs> the scientific origin of popular phrases on the internet welcome to the English speaking podcast Ooh, that's not your podcast I should not be on this show um <laughs> Yeah, so everyone might be asking, hey, you guys have been gone for a little bit. You're right, we have. We've been... We're back. A dinosaur story. Wait. We've been, uh, <laughs> we've been trying to cultivate and, and procure our top tens of 2022. You make it sound all scientific. I'm sitting in my room drinking a beer watching a movie. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's number nine. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it uh, feels like a six to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've uh, we've been trying to cram a few movies in to try to like finish off the list and everything during our uh, our break, our little winter break that we like to take. Um, there's a few of them that we still haven't hit yet. So yeah. if one of your favorite movies that happened last year isn't on our list, either we didn't like it or we didn't see it. Or especially if it's going to be... We didn't like it as much. Especially given this time every year is usually when a lot of the Oscar movies get released and pushed out. And boy, and do they. That's Those are the ones that, the, that are the hardest to keep up with because some of them may not be easily accessible, whether it's not available on home viewing or it's not a major release in all theaters and you have to go to specialty like art house theaters so, to na- see them. Namely in this situation, my, my thing is that we couldn't get to the theater necessarily to go see Fableman's Tar or Babylon. Mm-hmm. I'll mention those three right off the top. Uh, one of those or three of those might have ended up in the top ten. Uh, the problem with Babylon being that it literally came out like right in the last five or six days of the year. Just haven't had time. Haven't had the moment to go see it. Um, so it won't be in – these movies won't be featured in this list. So what you need to know is that this is the top ten list of the movies we did see this year, which we did still see plenty of movies to formulate a good top 10 list, or at least good in our opinion. And I want to say, before we actually get started with this, so this is the first time we're doing this on the podcast. Yeah. Every year between all of our content, we have tried somehow, some way to push our top 10 of each year out to you. I think the past couple of years, we've just done it on tagline. We're not going to do it on tagline anymore. We've got this nice, fancy podcast. Nice and shiny. That we could, that is like tailor-made for I don't know where that came from. Who was like who's Taylor and who's making all these like things that Taylor makes? Anyways, the profession. Yeah, <laughs> is Taylor made for doing like your top ten list on there? So Taylor. Taylor. Ooh, stop looking. Stop showing people your knees on camera. It's a Taylor <laughs> tailoring clothes. Uh-huh. Not Tim Taylor. Wow. Anyway, uh, so we've got a little less than an hour to try to drive through ten movies each. Um. I didn't actually discuss with you what your top 10 was, and I don't think that you really know what my finalized list is either. Say, we have talked about it throughout the year at various times. Uh, but we don't have we don't both have the full grasp of what the other one's list is, so this, some of this might come as a surprise. I do know that, like many years past, 
we typically end up with the same number one movie. We do have the same number one movie this year I as well. feel like, yeah. <laughs> so that one's not going to be too big of a surprise at the end. Also might not be a big surprise that your top ten is not going to have any horror movies. It's not. Um, <laughs> the only time that's happened was when, like, Get Out or I think Us might have been on my top ten list. I can't, I can't remember. remember. Us made your top ten. I know Get Out definitely. Get Out was, like, one or two. Yeah. Of that I know. Year, so. I've got... I've got like two, maybe two and a half, depending on how you want to categorize one yeah. movie as horror movies. So yeah, this is going to be a fun list. It's going to be a good one. Um, real quick, we so we've got a limited amount of time. We're not going to dive too, too deep. These aren't going to be like reviews for the movies. We're going to say what the movie is, give us kind of a sentence and a half of why, why we enjoyed that movie or why that movie landed on this spot on our list and then kind of move on because we've basically got 20 movies to cover here between the two of us. Couple, <laughs> with a couple overlaps. I would say, let's actually start off with, uh, like, recapping at least, like, your number 15 through 11. Just yeah. what are they real quick? So we got our phones because our lists are on our phones. Thank we you, Letterboxd. Not, not sponsored, but Letterboxd is a big, useful tool. So if you want to follow us on Letterboxd, at Robert Adams MLP, at Chris Adams MLP on Letterboxd, and you can see our <laughs> list as we make them public. If you like movies and you aren't on Letterboxd, get on Letterboxd. We'll take that check now, Letterbox. Letterbox actually has been like very helpful in me trying to piece together like what movies should I have seen by now, and I can't f- figure like if I'm just sitting there staring at the wall like what movie do I want to watch tonight? I can usually go on Letterbox and sort like all movies that I haven't seen by popularity. But like I do want to watch that. That sounds good. Isn't there a way to put this with like numbers beneath them, like that? Yeah. I, yeah, forget, I forget how to do that. You make a list and you just keep up with your list all year. I, no, I have a list. There's a oh. way to do it in the list. Oh, yeah. Are you... like? I, I'm looking at my list. How do I put numbers on them? Um, I don't know how you're... I don't know how you're accessing that. This is all very interesting and riveting. Ranked. There it is. Got it. Okay. Edit, oh, you just changed edit it from ranked. A, you just changed from a list to just an actual rank... Yeah, you just have to click on the ranked thing. Anyway, okay. so this is what this is Letterbox One One for you guys. Uh, so we're doing we're gonna do the uh, fifteen through eleven as our as our uh, watch mahoodles. It's just honorable mentions. That's the words I'm looking for. I said it before we started. Here Couldn't we go. say it once the camera. Couldn't was say on. once the camera's on. <laughs> um, so I'm just gonna run through my fifteen through eleven real quick. We're not gonna give like senses yeah. or anything on this. Number fifteen for me was Cha Cha Real Smooth. Hmm, okay. Uh, number 14, surprise, Moonfall. Weird. Yeah, I really enjoyed Moonfall. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, 13, Banshees of Inishirin. 13? 13. Okay. <clears throat> uh, By the way, we're going to be heavily judging each other while we're absolutely. reading these off. We're not judging you. We're, we're just going to judge each other because we're brothers we're and not- it's in our DNA to watch movies. And I forgot to say that at the beginning of this. Good. Uh, we're not judging you, the viewer. You like what you like. We're just going to judge each other. Uh, number 12 is... He's got to specify here. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Good call. Not the other one. That's or the other one, other one. I don't. We're not talking about that one. The other one, the Disney one, the remake this year is uh, number thirty-seven on my list. So there you go. So to speak, that's pretty much towards the bottom of the list. Yeah, let's say out of what? Forty. Um, forty-one, something like that. Uh, number eleven. This one's gonna make you cry. R R R. Number 11? There were some good movies this year. Yeah, RR was hanging out in my top 10 for the bulk of the year. 
Jeez. Okay. Uh, also, real quick, just for funsies, uh, what's the what's the one at the end of your list? Oh yeah, we should do that, huh? Not not like the top one, but just what is your worst movie of the entire year? <clears throat> the Gray Man. The Gray Man. Yeah. Uh... Followed up by a White Noise. I feel like those are equal, and not that White Noise is a bad movie. It's, it's just, just not it's just, your I, movie. It just wasn't my movie. You're just not a Noah Bombot. I think The Gray Man was not a great movie. Yeah. White Noise, I thought it was a perfectly fine movie that I just didn't connect with. So my worst one of the year, Morbius. I don't think that's a huge surprise. That is uh, that is my number 55. That would probably be my worst movie of the year, too, had I seen it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you dodged, you dodged a major bullet on that one. Matrix uh, style. It's actually probably number 56, because I did watch another newer one lately, and I don't see it on my ranking, so I forgot to add it. But So, nice. yeah. It, it wouldn't be in my top 15 anyways, but whatever. Anyway, what's your 15 through 11? Uh, number 15, I got Thor, Love and Thunder. But Yeah, I know. Uh, number 14, Doctor Strange, Mom. Ooh, all the Marvel movies back to back. Eh, not all of them. Well. Uh, number 13, Lightyear. Okay. Lightyear was good. Number 12, uh, oh God, good Lord, the t- title of this one. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Ooh. I keep forgetting that came out this year. That's your number 12. That's my number 12. Interesting. Number 11, Glass Onion. So you said you said number eleven. You're like you're gonna cry, and I'm like, is it glass onion? Are you gonna make an onion joke? No, no, it wasn't. But that that would have been funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's kind of funny the way those end up on your list versus the way they end up on my list. I mean, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Lightyear, and Thor are all next to each other, also, but they are further down. Hmm. Doctor Strange is actually my twentieth. So the thing with this is, uh. Comic book movies, especially like the Marvel movies, are still going to have, like, I I know you absolutely do not like Thor: Love and Thunder. Just, it's fine. There's parts in it that are good, but, but it's eh. still it, it's still a comic book movie, and I enjoyed it. It was entertaining, so therefore, like to me, it holds a little more value. Yeah. This is the exact reason why a lot of people, especially like people that talk about movies online on YouTube, podcasting, whatever, will talk about like, hey, everyone has an opinion. There's no right or wrong opinion. It's just your opinion. That's why it's so subjective like that, because... You're just yeah. wrong if Thor Love and Thunder is your number one. I, I completely agree with you. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Got him. I completely agree with you that Thor Love and Thunder is just... Uh, it just it doesn't work as a it's, decent movie. It's not it's the just, best MCU movie. It's just way too much comedy. It's too much comedy around, like, a cancer story, too. That's just really awkward and weird. I love Jane. I love gore. Well... I don't love gore, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Those those two movie, elements but... I thought were great. If the movie focused more on those and less on the comedy, would have loved it. Would have been higher on the list. Probably would have made the top scream, ten. A little less Screaming Goats. Or maybe yeah. do the Screaming Goats like once. Once actually would have been okay on the Screaming once, Goats. Absolutely once. Maybe do a callback later. Uh, when they crash on the uh, that the black and white Would have been an excellent callback if they didn't do it five times between. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. Enough so, about Thor. We're so talking I about un- Thor too much. I understand. I still had fun with Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of stuff they did in that movie was a lot of fun and enjoyable. Yeah. The fact that they translated the Jane as Mighty Thor was great. And that's the other thing also is that a lot of our list here is a mixture of movies we respect for their artistic value and ones that we just flat out had fun with, enjoyed in some capacity. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be a sentence that we'll probably have to I'll have to say a lot when we get to my top ten. Well, <laughs> especially one movie in there in particular, you're gonna be like. Mm. That's why I said enjoyed in some capacity. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed it. 
I know the movie it is. <laughs> you too. already know which one I'm talking I about, too. I hate that that's in your top two. It is. <laughs> anyway. Uh, shall we start? Yeah. We, how do we want to go? We want to go 10 through... I like every year we're trying to figure this out. I know. Like, we, we, <laughs> haven't, we haven't nailed it yet. <laughs> We've been doing like content for like four years or so. And... Um, we want to just do one, one by yeah. one back and forth? Yeah. All right. Number 10 for me. Glass Onion. Uh, that one was a last minute switch with RRR because I really enjoyed Glass Onion and I was like, man, I, I, I really want this in my top 10. I really feel like Glass Onion deserves to be in the top 10. The ensemble cast, uh, Ryan Johnson coming back in again, just nailing it. Uh, Daniel Craig, yeah, Daniel Craig is Benoit Blanc. It's so good. Just, mm-hmm. It's it's another like really tightly tightly uh, made story, and I just I enjoyed the mystery element of it. I enjoyed watching it. I want to watch it again. It's on Netflix. So. Still kind of think it was better than uh, the first one, the fir- Knives Out. It goes back and forth, honestly. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed Glass Onion a little. It's bit more, more fun. It's more fun. There's more jokes. Yeah. Uh, my number ten. Uh, this also was just recently switched because I just rewatched it again since it uh, recently popped up on HBO Max like last week or so. Ah. Uh, that would be The Menu. I remember we walked out of the theater and I was like, I have no idea what to make of this movie. This movie was like an artistic piece, much like the meaning of the food that is served in this movie. Going back and watching it now, knowing like there's there's like one t- twist to the movie, knowing what that twist was... And going back and watching it from the very beginning, it's a lot more interesting because of the way the script was written. Yeah. When you know that the script was written around this twist to like kind of hide it, to kind of play coy with it, you start noticing also how the script was made in relation to everything else in yeah. the movie. And being somewhat of a like, I, I will admit, I am a foodie, not to the extent of like say Nicholas Holt in this movie because that's that was kind of insane, but. Like, I like food. I like watching Food Network and food YouTubers and stuff. So, I, I, I like cooking. This movie was had a really good connection for me, especially on that rewatch. Yeah. So, yeah, I put it at my number 10. Interesting. Uh, number 9. Uh, this is one I still recommend you watch because I know you haven't watched it yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Hustle. That's that... Uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Oh, no, yeah, I keep forgetting that movie came out. I don't uh, even know what that movie's about. We make jokes about sports, about hey, sports, sports, sports ball and all that stuff. Yeah. Just not being general fans of, like, most sports. It just doesn't connect with us. Netball. Uh, but I love me some good underdog sports movies. Uh-huh. Because just the underdog value of it translates across space and time, always. Like Cool Runnings. Yes. Cool Runnings. Anyway. Uh, Hustle's fantastic. It's a very down-to-earth drama, but also there's just like a really warm, uh, f- uh, friendly element to it. Uh, again, we're not going to like describe everything or go into too, too much detail, but I think Adam Sandler is in a period where he is just showing how actually great of an actor he can be. You watch his silly comedies here and there, and you his know, ha- Happy Madison movies. Yeah, the Happy Madison movies. All of them, you know, they they have a they have a place. They have a, a special place in a lot of people's hearts. But when it comes to Adam Sandler, I really feel like he's just completely underrated when it comes to drama. We saw that in Uncut Gems. We've seen it in Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love was so good. Uh, and you see it once again in Hustle, mm-hmm. uh, to the point where like you have this picture of 
who Adam Sandler is as an actor in your mind, you forget you're watching Adam Sandler in these movies, especially in Hustle. Um, it's just it's just really great watching him, you know, con- kind of come in and and just kind of command a command this this like mentor esque role in this. Is film. he like a coach? He's basically he's a he's a he's a scout. He's essentially a scout mm-hmm. who. Um, what sport? Basketball. Oh, okay. He's a scout who's like. Uh, going uh, out out of the box to find somebody to bring in, um, and there's rhymes and reasons to to uh, do that. So, you know, it, you just have to watch the movie and kind of kind of glean. It's it's it's. I haven't watched it since like earlier in the year, but I just remember and just remember how good it is. So I was gonna fall into our common habit of like making fun of like sports and like com- confusing the sports names. So you said basketball. I was like, oh, basketball. I was like, wait, no, that's actually uh-huh. a movie. <laughs> no vastly different film <laughs> anyways number um, nine. my number nine this is gonna be super weird because this is a sequel and the first movie I am notorious for not liking oh nice and the sequel came out this past year and the sequel's actually really good I enjoyed it I had a lot more fun with it uh, that would be Avatar Way of Water nice Make so the first movie just nowhere near a top ten list for me. The second one in my top ten, barely. It's number nine, but uh, yeah, the visuals, the story, everything was so much better in this. Uh, I, I just I had a lot more fun with this movie. I liked it a lot more. Uh, I think a lot of it is also because we're not in the process of setting up this world anymore. We already know who yeah. the Navi are. We na- we know Jake Sully. Uh, yeah, we we know everything that's going on. We have a great idea. There's just a very little bit of exposition setting up, like the kids and uh, like Quaritch's role now. Who? Quaritch. 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 Quato. Wasn't Quato that guy from like Total Recall that was in the dude's stomach? Yes. Golden. Catch the golden snitch. Yeah. Anyways. yeah, but there was just a little bit of setup on them. Otherwise, it was right into the story, and yeah. let's let's have fun with these characters. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more. Anyways, fair play, fair number play. Nine. Number eight for me. Eow. It's a police song. The police song. No, it's everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh no, that's not a police song. That's uh, that's under pressure from Queen. Eow, eow. Uh, Sting does it too. Um, anyway, People on streets. <laughs> it's it's not too surprising to see everything everywhere all at once on most people's top ten list. That movie, most people's top ten <laughs> list. That movie uh, hit early and hit strong, and it's one of those movies that bears a rewatch, which I still haven't done yet. So neither have I. I I definitely need to give it another look see because it's it's. Unlike Glass Onion, it has a bunch of layers that you can't actually see right through. No, um, it's it is a it's a densely packed movie, and it is expertly crafted. It was there was a unique story to it. Performances by Michelle Yeoh, uh, Kehei Kwan, um, Stephanie Sue, Stephanie Sue, yeah, Stephanie Sue, yeah, all three of them, uh, amazing. And Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie Lee Curtis was there. Getting a Golden Globe nomination for Best Supporting. And she had Hot Dog Fingers. So that should sell you on the movie right there. Hot Dog Fingers, it lands at number eight on my list. 
I tried to rewatch it again like a couple of months ago, and like I watched like the first like ten minutes, and I got busy. I needed to go do something else. He got I hungry guess. and wanted to get a bagel. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, everything bagels, everything everywhere, all at once bagels. Um, I feel like that was a joke we made with Tori on Twitter, or I did. Whatever. You're so weird. Just carry on. I know. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, I, I need to rewatch it still. So uh, we're at what number eight? Mm-hmm. Uh, my number eight is the other. Marvel movie that came out this year that would be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's at number eight for you. It's at number eight, and that's Wait. gonna be strange. Oh no, there's a movie that's over. Wakanda yes, Forever. and that that will be the next one. I quit this. <laughs> I, I quit doing content. Wakanda Forever. Was very good. It did a very good job of reestablishing all the characters. Wakanda paying homage to Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa. I just I I loved how they did that while introducing Namor. Perfect. I thought it was it, it was a very well done Marvel movie and yeah. a great way to end uh, Phase Four. Yeah. So. All right, number seven, another little mystery film, and this one, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but uh, not, I don't I feel like not too many people saw it, but if you saw it, you were talking about it. And that's see how they run. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. see how they run is actually was actually a again like like knives out a nice, neat compact story, um, with yeah like most mysteries provide a, a great ensemble of characters and there was a great ensemble of characters in this movie as well. Um, it was it, it's it's worth watching. Uh, I believe it's on HBO Max as well. So if you haven't checked out See How They Run yet, which I know a lot of people haven't just because again it flew so far under the radar um it's worth it's worth checking out it's it's not too hard of a watch it's not a complicated movie at all it's really easy really easy to dive into digest um i would say just about as fun as like the benoit blanc or yeah. the hercule perot type movies mm-hmm. i think that like the hercule perot movies may be a little more on the serious side and a lot not they so are. much on the fun as like the knives out movies have been this but, is more on the fun side yeah see how they run definitely fly, flies more on the on the fun side and it's it's worth checking out um made it to number seven on my list so it's i i feel like is is just expertly crafted yeah uh so number seven on my list <laughs> here it goes <laughs> uh one of two horror movies uh this one is going to be ready for his face those of y'all watching the video terrifier 2 <laughs> Uh, just the movie is told very well. The story is good. Like I'm not even like necessarily talking about the special effects. The first movie was just setting up a yeah, bye. <laughs> the first movie was just setting up a like a dark horror movie with like dark effects, and I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> with like like a dark story not not even really a story it just shows you like this city block and the people interacting with this killer clown the the sequel now that we know the concept of art the clown and everything that he's i guess about he really doesn't have like a rhyme or reason he just kills people um but we're we got an idea now we have a full-fledged story set up and based around it 
And that, I thought, was very well done because they've got really good actors. A lot of these are actors who we've never actually like seen before or we've seen in small parts. Uh, and then, yes, I will shout out the special effects, the the gore, the practical effects. Damien, Damien Leone is a special effects maestro, and you can tell that he, he has a lot of love and care into how his effects look on camera. So that was like one of the major things I loved about this movie. And it's not just because it was a super gory horror movie, which I typically... Well, that was lovely. <laughs> That's what you were doing. Uh, I got sick thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not just because it's a super gory horror movie, which it absolutely is. It's one of the goriest horror movies I've ever seen. Uh, and I put that up there with like uh, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive or Brain Dead, depending on where you live. Um, that one usually had the title of goriest horror movie. We're spending too long on this movie. Well, you're not going to talk about it, so. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really loved it. I thought they did a phenomenal job both with the story, the acting, and the special effects. And that's why it gets number seven for me. Number six for me is polar opposite, turning red. <laughs> well, I mean, nope. The, my movie had people turning red too. Nope. Different reason. No. <laughs> no. Oh. Well, I mean, I guess both of them involve blood. No, number six didn't involve blood. It's a fuzzy. Think about it. Fuzzy red panda. Uh. Fuzzy red panda doesn't involve blood. <laughs> it's an allegory. Shut up. <laughs> it's not an allegory. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, turning red. It's one of those movies you forget came out this year also. Yeah. Uh, well, not this year. Obviously last year. Uh, Turning Red was, again, Pixar. Pixar knows what they're doing. Nine times out of ten at this point. You know, they had a couple couple misses here and there, but Turning Red was not one of them. Uh, I didn't know I was going to like Turning Red this much. It, for, the most, for most of the year, it stayed in my like top two or three. It hung out there for quite a long time. And it was... It was such a delight. It was so funny. Yeah. There, there haven't been too many animated movies that make me laugh out loud that hard. Obviously, there's funny moments in, in animated movies. They like to they like to cater to the adult crowds, too, as well, especially Pixar does. Um, but there's it's so heartwarming. It's so funny. Uh, it's, it's strange, too, because, like, obviously, you know, there was the whole discussion of how does, how does an adult man connect with the story of young girl child? Obviously, there's disconnects there, <laughs> like specifically young girl entering. Like, yeah, I uh, was. Puberty. I was never a young girl child. I was always young boy child, and yeah. then I became young man adult. Young, go with it, young man child. Just go with it. <laughs> uh, and so there, there is that disconnect there, but the way it's presented in the film, one, it's it's definitely a human level, so it doesn't matter how you grew up, you can still connect with it. Um, and it just it was so relatable it was so funny and it was just so heartwarming seeing like the family dynamics too in that movie so yeah number uh whatever number we're on now six six number six for me yeah turning red uh number six for me so this kind of like what you just said about hustle that this is a movie that i've seen that i still would recommend you see my number six is like that for you vengeance Oh yeah, Vengeance was so good. That is, uh, it's B.J. Novak. Uh, he's a reporter, 
and he not only is he star in this movie, he also directs it. Oh. Which B.J. Novak is like primarily known for, I believe it was The Office. Yes. <laughs> Those of y'all uh, just listening to it, Chris has a world's best boss mug from The Office, and so he's holding that up. Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin, yeah. So that's primarily where B.J. Novak is known from. I didn't watch The Office because I'm a weirdo, apparently. Um, but You can roast him in the comments for that. Yeah, this movie was really well done. And it's not just because... Uh, the movie is primarily like a fish out of water of him coming to Texas and learning about Texas. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a whole part of this movie of them just talking about the greatness of Whataburger. And Sold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie is, is funny. It's great, and if you're, especially if you're a Texan that just loves Texas, I highly recommend this movie. Like, definitely highly recommend How many recommend minutes did they spend on the honey butter chicken biscuit? I can't remember. Oh. I think it gets a mention in the movie. Oh. I believe at it, some point. But yeah. Wow. But yeah, there's a there's a good amount of Whataburger talk in this movie. What a burger. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny. I highly recommend it. Just even if you're not a Texan, everything they talk about it was, as far as Texas life, I mean, outside of, like, a major city. We're in Austin. I wouldn't say Austin's a fair representation of, like, the stereotypical Texan or Texas. Because no. we are a we're a, a big college. It's a very progressive city, too. Progressive, big college city. So this is more like a very general, normal city. But you get outside of, outside of Austin, like, the Hill Country area, that's where you do see a lot of what this movie shows. Interesting. So, like, I'm used to the idea and the scenery of this movie. Yeah. But yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Just highly recommend it. Uh, number five. Now we're getting into the top fives here. Number five for me is the unbearable weight of massive talent. This is where we're going to start seeing some overlap. I know we had like the glass onion thing earlier, but this is where we start seeing some overlap between things that you've mentioned and uh, what's on each other's list. Yeah, here. I still got a couple that you've actually already mentioned. And it's likewise. So unbearable weight of massive talent. I don't know. I guess I was just in a good mood when that movie hit me because that movie has also stayed on my top 10 pretty high up for a bulk of the year as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I had a feeling that was going to be the case. I had a feeling I was just we were just going to like it. We were just going to like it. I didn't realize it was going to be as good as it was. But it's the fact that it was a very self-aware Nicolas Cage film where like it's about Nicolas Cage and who Nicolas Cage is. And I think you generally just have to respect an actor who was willing to go in on himself there. Yeah. Uh, that is, it's, it's just, it's just well done. And then of course, not to mention the Pedro Pascal of it all. And you know, that man has had, had some really good roles lately, but also he is, he's really good at like playing off of other people too. And mm -hmm. especially when the person he's playing off is Nicholas Cage being Nicholas Cage at his Nicholas Cage-ness fullest Nicolas Cage extent. Um <laughs> full on cage rage. Full on cage. Yeah. It's I I I enjoyed it. Uh not to mention it stays high in the top ten because of the Paddington two love. You can't you can't fault the movie. You can't hate the movie when it gives the Paddington two love. Yeah. I wish we were doing top tens of the year when Paddington and Paddington two were out. I wish I'd saw them at the time that they came out because those would have ranked higher for me. There's an idea. We can do our top tens of various years. Let's look for that on a podcast at some point, probably this year. It's a good idea. Yeah. 
uh, my number five uh, is another uh, sequel. <clears throat> but this one is one that like starts off like kind of silly, and you're like, all right, I guess I'll return back to this world. But then it really, really hits you with a gut punch. And this is not a movie I'm expecting you to be crying over. It'd be Clerks 3. Oh. Clerks 3 was phenomenal. Like, the way that they pulled off this movie, it being a love love letter to the entire Kevin Smith View Ask universe, just, uh, I just really loved it. Yeah. By the time that movie was over, that was, we went to go see it, I guess we saw it with like a Fathom Events coming through, uh, opening, I think it was that opening night on that September 13th, and they had like all this like making of and behind the scenes and interview with Kevin Smith after the movie, and even through that, like everyone has like got tears in their eyes and everything, just... It is. If you're a View Ask You fan, this movie is probably out of all of his movies. This is probably the one that has the most heart. Yeah. So yeah, I absolutely adore it. I cannot wait to watch it again. I it believe hits, it's actually streaming now. It hits that nostalgia bone for people who love love his movies from the very beginning. Yeah. 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 Especially if you're if if you love it. it, does a lot of callbacks, but it doesn't overdo it. Yeah. It's just nice, playful. Like, oh, there's an actor who was in the first movie. Most of the people who were in the first movie aren't real actors. Like you don't, you never seen them ever again since the first Clerks movie, and True. here they are popping up again. That's so, really well done. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, number four for me, we've got Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Now this is a recent watch for me. I didn't catch this when it came out earlier, but I caught it very recently. Uh, rented it to to check it out. Um, I this is at the point where I was pretty finalized on my top ten. I didn't think anything else was going to sneak in. That movie snuck into number four. Uh, that movie, again, like Paddington, an absolute delight. It's warm-hearted. It is, I think it does require that you have an understanding and a decent appreciation for the YouTube shorts themselves, mm-hmm. the, the online shorts of Marcel the Shell with shoes on beforehand. Uh, I got to understand what Jenny Slate was doing, voicing that little shell and what what they're trying to convey with the character and it's a lot of fun it's it's wholesome as mess um it is it's it's nice compact like an hour and a half it's got a a sweet story to it it gets there it gets the job done and it's a lot it's just a lot of fun i I remember you were telling me because you watched it before i did Mm -hmm. and you were basically describing it as like paddington if A24 was doing paddington and A24 did produce it so Yeah. yeah it's exactly what it feels like it feels like uh, the warm heartedness and wholesomeness of a Paddington movie with the A24 kind of indie touch to it. I like the thing that I picked out when I watched it right off the bat is noticing that one of the uh, producers, the, there's like about 12 producers for this movie. One of the producers on it was the Kyoto, 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 Kyoto brothers. Got it. And the somewhere. ones who did uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's crazy. So uh, obviously they had a hand in the stop motion animation. You got to ruin it, everything right? for me, don't you? <laughs> Well, they're they're them along with Phil Tippett, who did uh, Mad God, uh, both have been like phenomenal, like like top of the list of names in regards to stop motion animation. Yeah. So, uh, highly recommend Marcel if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, first of all, watch the YouTube shorts, then watch the movie. Yeah, I think that was like I I don't have it that high on my list, uh, mainly because I just really didn't get into the YouTube. You shorts. weren't familiar enough with the yeah. character. I knew of the character. I knew how the character. He's talked. adorable. Yeah, he. Yeah. He. Uh, okay, so we're at number four. 
Uh, so my number four was Banshees of Inisherin. Ooh, that movie is so good. Like uh, the, I, I was probably about like maybe fifteen minutes into it, and my first thought on that was like, yes, give me every movie, every movie from now on. I want to see uh, Colin Farrell with Brendan Gleeson, uh, directed by Neil Mc or Martin Neil McDonald, Martin McDonald, Neil wow. McDonald, someone else, uh, Martin McDonald. And which sucks about that is like I've been like delaying watching In Bruges for so long, and now I'm like, okay, I need to watch In Bruges now because it's it's the same the same two actors and director, and I've heard so many good things about that. The dialogue in Banshees was so good, especially like a lot of the dialogue uh, coming from Barry Keegan. Yeah, was really well done. All right, I'm gonna go over there and do the thing that I needed to do over there. Absolutely. I guess. Absolutely. Uh, it is a movie that uh, it, it is relying heavily on uh, heavy Irish accents and Irish terms. Highly recommend. Turn on the, the if captions. You, if you have a hard time understanding accents of any kind, captions. Turn on the captions. It, it, it works very well for you. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this yeah. movie. And I, I, here's the thing, like, especially since starting this YouTube channel, I've gotten more and more into watching movies that may be more foreign. Not that I was, like, completely against any movies made outside of the U.S., but... Like, it's not, not the first ones you flock to. It's, it's not. Uh, between starting a YouTube channel and, like, a lot <clears> more <throat> of, like, say, the Oscars highlighting uh, foreign movies like Parasite or Drive My Car the past couple of years, Minari. Yeah. I've gotten more into those and they're good. Like almost all of these ones that have popped up on the radar because of like, say the Oscars and whatnot have all been phenomenal. And Banshees is right there with them. I yeah. loved it. I, I, I eagerly want to watch it again. So yep. that was my number four. Can't say enough about it. All right. We're getting into the top three now. <clears throat> Let's try to crank through these here. Uh, Three and two will be easy for me to crank through because you've already mentioned both of these movies. Three for me is going to be Avatar The Way of Water. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a big fan of the first Avatar movie. I thought it was it was great. Um, you know, I've been known to say it's okay, but it's also, it's also, it's not bad. It's actually not bad. It's not a bad story. It's not a bad movie. Um, the second one, I didn't realize how they could possibly top on the visuals, but James Cameron pulled it off. Uh this, the 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 visuals and everything about the second one is leaps and bounds better than the first one and i think the story just them going to the water tribe of navi and all of that was just a fun neat exploration of another side of pandora which is a place that i really enjoy spending time i enjoy that i'm going to enjoy it on the next few sequels as well I am actually legitimately excited in having a new franchise. I say new. Obviously, the first one came out in 2009. But having a new franchise that we can deep dive into, like a Star Wars or a Marvel. Having a franchise that we can actually explore a new world and everything with mm -hmm. to those to that level. So I'm just hoping the next <clears throat> one doesn't take like another like 10 whatever years to come out. Yeah, just a year and a half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Avatar Way of Water. Number three for me. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, number three for me will also be my number one horror movie of the year, and that was Barbarian. That movie, I feel like it's a very simplistic movie. The editing was done very well. What made that movie great, specifically for me, and I've heard a lot of other people say this too, is I didn't know anything about it before going in. That was the most I had heard is are people saying this will be like a malignant was last year 
uh, that Barbarian will be the malignant of 2022. Mm-hmm. And from what so, I hear, I can see that. From yeah, once <laughs> I heard that, the first thing the yeah the first thing that told me is don't learn anything about Barbarian. Don't right. read who's in it. Don't read who's directing it. Don't read the storyline. Uh, I saw like I did happen to run across like a one sentence story or like one sentence synopsis of like two people checked into an Airbnb at the same time, like through two different ways. So that Airbnb was like overbooked and how are these two going to deal with being in an overbooked Airbnb? That was it. That's all I knew about that movie going into it. And that is a part of the movie. That's not all the movie. And not knowing anything about this movie, especially knowing who was in it, was really good. And now I, I like going back and watching people's reactions to it because everybody has the same reaction, especially to that first like 30 or so minutes or so. Everyone is thinking the same exact thing, and it's mm-hmm. amazing seeing that every person was on the same wavelength for it. Yeah, This movie was expertly done, edited, uh, and it was... Oh, man, it was... Um, it was directed by Zach Krieger, who is from, uh, I can't remember the comedy troupe he was a part of. Yeah. Like, it's like Pasty White Kids or something like that. I forgot what the actual name of it was. Kids in the Hall? No, it's not Kids in the Hall. Whitest Kids You Know. Whitest Kids go. You Know. That is, Thank that's you, it. Letterbox, for having that in uh, the <laughs> Zach Krieger biography here that I could easily click on. Got to it. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, he's from that show, and it's another one of those where you get, like, someone who's expertly doing horror coming from a comedy setting, much yeah. like uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing any other horror movies that he does with great interest. But, yeah, that right, was my right, number three. Team. Calm down. <laughs> Uh, number two, <clears throat> at this point, I feel like you can start to kind of piece together what's what's the last remaining movies. Because if you haven't heard uh, a Marvel movie on my list yet, you know there's going to be one in the top. Wakanda Forever is easily number two movie of the year for me. Um, it just, uh, the, the tears were flowing from the beginning. And yeah, that has a lot to do with the real life you know, passing of Chadwick Boseman. But at the same time, I was eagerly anticipating how is this movie going to work? How are they going to do the transition in the story from from him to a new Black Panther? How are they going to what are they going to do here? What are they going to, how how is how is this movie going to happen? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh just bring in Tina Huerta as uh as Namor or Namor, Namor, Namor and uh Letitia Wright stepping up and and holding holding it down as the lead of the movie at this point. Uh, she did fantastic. On top of that, you got Angela Bassett's impassioned speech with an Oscar worthy Oscar Oscar worthy performance from her. Um, and, and Ryan Coogler just showing once again why he is a rising director to keep your eye on because he has done hit after hit. He's done great movies. And this is this is this is one of them. He he's the, the the whole thing was just like expertly done. I'm just I'm just in awe of them being able to pull that movie together and make it as good as they did. Especially if you know the story <clears throat> behind the scenes that when mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman passed away, everything kind of halted. He he was specifically like, I don't want to make this movie. Yeah. And then he came back. He he put everything together. He brought everyone together and made this movie and made a phenomenal movie. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely understand. Again, that was in, that was my number eight, but it's worthy of being in a top ten easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two, 
again, going back, talking about foreign movies that I probably wouldn't have been <laughs> yeah. paying attention to uh, if it wasn't for this one. I don't know how much. Hopefully it gets some good Oscar buzz. But this one has made like waves across the entire internet. Yeah. And that is RRR. I tried to keep it in my top 10. I really did. Oh, RRR was so good. I, I Just, loved it. Ugh. I saw it first and I told you, okay, you need to watch this. Yeah. Well, that was so you told you personally told me that after I have already seen like everyone else on the internet talking about it for months. Like I was late to the RR game. RRR game. He was late to the par RRT. No, that's another YouTube channel. Um, shout out to them. They're awesome. Uh, they also have a guy named Robert. Uh, anyways, RRR was really, really good. I, I just, I had so much fun with that movie. Like, I get that there are parts of it that are completely unbelievable. And if you can, like, suspend your disbelief for, like, the unbelievable parts for at least more than, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> Uh, that uh, <laughs> he's looking at how much time we have left for this podcast. You better hurry <laughs> the RRR up. <laughs> There's actually 15 minutes left. That's funny. Uh, if you can sustain that disbelief for more than 15 minutes, you will be very greatly rewarded with a very good movie that actually does have a lot of fun and a lot of heart to it. So yeah, I I absolutely enjoyed it. It's got a lot of har har art har 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 hurt. I'm so stupid. Uh, that movie is doing for the suspenders market what <laughs> what our number one movies are uh, for original did for the U.S. Navy. Yeah, I don't think I need to look at my list anymore. No. Pretty sure we all know what number one is. There's one particular movie that made like the biggest waves of all of 2022. And we haven't mentioned it yet. There's a reason we haven't mentioned it yet. It's our number one movie. And, and it is both like, our number one movie. Yeah. Uh, that was a movie that... Top I, Gun Maverick, in case you weren't catching what we were saying <laughs> here. Because he was just going right into it. Yeah, that was a movie that I think the both of us were sitting in the theater. And by the time that movie was over... That we, was a movie! We both had like the biggest smiles on our faces. America! Like, yeah, this was a fun movie. Yeah, you would put the American movie over RRR, wouldn't you? That's not my... Would you stop? Freaking xenophobic looking... <laughs> Oh, just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, like I had no expectation to love Top Gun Maverick as much as I did. Yeah, that, the first one came out in what 1986. I've seen it a couple of times. I'm like, it's, uh, it's a movie. It's fine. They, they do some things. It's not it's like a full fledged story. Shirtless volleyball. Yeah, like uh, take my breath away and highway to the danger zone and yeah, uh, all that's in there. Yeah, it's it's a movie. It's good. We're gonna make a sequel to it. Why? Do we? Why do we need this? Well, okay. So then the story behind that is this movie was supposed to come out. Like they started advertising this movie back in 2019, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to come out in 2020, I think. Uh, well, if I remember correctly, I want to say it was supposed to come out in 2019, and then it got delayed, just of normal delay. Yeah. And then normal in 2020, stuff. it was supposed to come out, and then well, everything got delayed in 2020. Yep. So this was a movie that came out effectively three years later. And it was filmed like two years before it was supposed to come out. So this has been a movie that's been sitting for like five years. Phenomenally well done. Just absolutely. Yeah. It's so much fun. And that's something to think about too when you when you really like movies that you know you, you see getting worked on and they get delay after delay after delay. At some point you start to go, okay, I just, I'm losing all interest in this. I don't care. And you're going into it going, I don't care about this movie. And your your mind's already made up. This is for a lot of people. Not not, a for, not for everybody. And so it's it's very easy to go into that movie going, I don't know what this movie, how this movie's going to come out, how it's going to be. 
And then by the end of it, just I, I actively remember sitting in that theater seat after watching it going, that was a movie. That that was a that was a good movie. That was just a, that it's was a, a good movie. That was an easy easy good movie. Yeah. Nice story, climax is great, the the pacing, the pacing, acting like it was just all around great movie. Uh it had some good nostalgic beats from the first one, the things that you wanted to see from the first one make a comeback. They made a comeback. And I didn't even like even really necessary need or care, but it felt it felt very like I don't know what it I, is. I feel like this year has been really good for legacy sequels because I'll even say like another like highlight would be like Christmas Story Christmas, mm-hmm. which shouldn't have worked at all. Just the same as Top Gun Maverick shouldn't have worked. And Clerks Three. Yeah, these these movies shouldn't have worked for how long it's taken for the sequel to be produced, mm-hmm. and yet they they were able to hit nostalgia just right in order to make it happen. Uh, Avatar 2. <laughs> I I eagerly still want to watch Top Gun Maverick again. It's it's easily in some one of my top movies of all time. It it first viewing it hit that. That's and that's the one I and I still believe this to this to this day. I said it right after we first saw it. That is a movie that I believe should be playing in at least one movie theater in like every major city around the world like constantly that is a movie that i still feel like if you want to watch it 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 can't get any better than watching it on the big screen still it's it's an example of why we still need to have theaters yes why you still need to have that cinematic experience there's obviously like for for you know more art house stuff there is still a a a good reason to see that in a theater but for something blockbuster like this and for it to really utilize the big screen to its maximum capacity I mean, there was that point where the plane was flying around and then, like, Tom Cruise, you know, flying, whatever, and the plane had to, like, just free fall drop. And at that time, I'm, like, going through, like, some dizzy stuff, and I'm like, nope, I can't look. Normally, I could watch that. I was going to be fine, but I was like, ooh, okay, I actually have to look away for a minute. It was, like, uh, it, it, sucked, it sucked me in that much. Which was funny, because in high school, you went on a, like, class field trip to go see, Elementary like, school. Elementary school? Jeez. Yep. The history of flight on a real, like, full IMAX screen. Might have been middle school. Yeah. But either way, like, seeing the history of flight with fighter pilots and jets and stuff flying on IMAX, through the sky yeah. on a gigantic, oh, that was a fun. full, not, not a LIMAX, not the smaller ones for yeah. regular theaters, a full Actual IMAX. theater IMAX. That was fun. I want to do it again. <clears throat> I'd be doing what you did when I was talking about Terrifier 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, Top Gun Maverick easily, easily taking that number one spot. No one does it like Tom Cruise. No one does it like Tom Cruise. Now, is Mission Impossible, uh, was it the Reckoning? Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning. Is that going to hit us high on our top ten this year? Uh, Probably not, but I have a good feeling about it. But we'll we'll probably talk about the anticipation stuff here pretty soon. That is, yeah. So, I mean, we can plug it kind of right now. That will be on a marquee coming up in Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks. We will be doing a tier ranking of our highest anticipated movies for 2023. We did it with the marquee in 2022 around this time as well. So we're revisiting both that uh, on how those movies stacked up with 
how they good they were versus our anticipation and talking about what movies of 2023 we are anticipating. So that is coming up in a couple of weeks. On top of that, we might even do a podcast episode where that deep dives a little bit more on some of our mostly most anticipated oh, movies of the year. Yeah. So we'll, we'll rank them and then we'll actually probably do a deeper dive on some specific ones on a podcast episode. So look forward to that too. Uh, as far as plugging goes real quick, uh, this is our first podcast coming back from... Woo! Coming, happy New Year, everybody! Coming back from our break. First podcast of 2023. Didn't say that up top, but Happy New Year anyway. <laughs> uh, so tomorrow will be our first uh, tagline back. So yes. So that'll be tomorrow night at 6, 6 Pacific and 9 Central. So that will be tomorrow night. This coming Friday... 8 Central. This something like nine that. Eastern, yeah, whatever. Takes a couple <laughs> weeks off, he forgets all the time zones. Time zones, whatever. Uh, this coming Friday is our first marquee back it's, of the new year. I believe it's the 13th, right? It is Friday the 13th. Oh, uh, so on that podcast, that's gonna be a lot of fun. So that is the podcast we've already been uh advertising it on Twitter. Uh, that is going to be DCEU sp- ranking. No, it is Friday the 13th. I'm tier ranking the entire Friday the 13th. You're uh, not going to Clark Gable movies. No, uh, but joining us on that one will be uh, our friend Lego and also our special guest and friend Sean Chandler. So oh. this is going to be a hey, lot of fun. I know fun. that guy. He talks about movies way too much. He does. And he's just a joy to talk to. He's a big fan of horror movies. I'm so happy to get him on yeah. a marquee ranking horror movie. So it's very yeah. exciting. That one is coming up. I can't wait. Hope y'all all be, be there for that. Anyways, be there or be somewhere just else. A big old giant loser. <laughs> big old giant loser face loser. Anyways, the children are home and they're screaming outside because they're home from school. But these are the nice microphones, so I don't know if it's picking them up. No, probably not. Anyways, guys, we appreciate you checking out our top 10 list. Uh, Did you agree with any of it? I hope at least a few of them you liked and uh, agreed with the idea of them being in a top 10 list. Maybe you want to... Feel free to ridicule us down in the comments. Maybe you want to yell at us for not uh, getting to the theater to see, you know, some of these other movies that could have been on our list. But hey, you know, life life happens. Uh, Either way, comment down in the uh, comment section below if you're on YouTube. Let us know what you thought of this episode of the podcast. Let us know what you thought of... All the all the movies that we listed today. How many have you seen? How many do you want to see? Go check them out. We, we honestly recommend all of them except for Terrifier 2. And you should check out every single one of them. I recommend Terrifier 2. Nah, I don't. Anyway, <laughs> uh, leave a like if you're on the YouTube video. Uh, hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. really helps us out on the YouTube channel. We're wanting to hit probably like 3000 this year. We're wanting to get a we're wanting to get a good number. Yeah, it's time it's time <laughs> to get this channel like up off the ground and like it's time to establish the Cinefanatics legacy you, here on YouTube. You can and, play your part by hitting that little subscribe button that's red and turning it gray. Yeah. Make sure you like, comment, share. Anytime we post anything on social media, please help us out and feel free to share that with your friends and family so we can spread the word, the gospel of the Cinefanatics and their love of movies. Uh, also, keep a lookout on this channel. We're going to be doing tra- trailer reactions. We've got the marquees where we're doing our ranking. We've got tagline. It's our live show that we do every Wednesday. Uh, as we've mentioned, you want to check out all that stuff. Uh, we're we're going we're going ham in 2023. That's not a phrase, but we're just just uh, just go. For, we're doing it. Okay, we're doing it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> anything else we want to plug? Yeah, you can follow us at MLP on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow me specifically at MLP on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, as well as twitch.tv slash ChrisAdamsMLP, where we're streaming and having a good time. Yeah, you can follow me at MLP on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, 
and also at youtube.com slash at Robert Adams MLP. I do have plans for doing some stuff on there. Uh, I have right now I have plans for potentially doing some random vlogging about something I'm tackling this year. And also I will probably be returning to live streaming, hanging out type of format. So yeah, be on the lookout for that coming up as well. <laughs> I got a cough again. <coughs> I'm okay. Anyways, guys, um, we appreciate you guys checking out this episode of the podcast. We can't wait to see you again. Come back next week. We're going to have another fun topic, another fun thing to discuss. So we'll see you then. Oh, is that it? Are we done? <coughs> yep. Do you need to go to bed, get a COVID test or something? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. Just making sure. I'm, I'm real good. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye now. <laughs>